Good evening, folks, and welcome back on this Saturday, the 8th day of April now, 2023. I'm your host, Mark Call, and I am going to take a bit different look at the nation, the world, and what's going on in it this week. Have you come to realize yet that things are not only out of control, but the word insanity doesn't even quite cut it anymore? But I think in that context, it's particularly important that this is also the week of Passover, one of the most important of the appointed times of Yah in his book, and he says so. And by the way, he also says, these are my feasts, not belonging to any uh, religious or ethnic group. Keep them throughout your generations and all your dwelling places. Even if many of us have been taught very differently, and like so many other things, wrongly. Well, with all that on the table, I'm going to approach things a bit differently today as well. Because let's face it, folks, these are unlike any times before in certainly American history and arguably even in world history. So let me kick off where I intend to go today with a question. Can you think of a better, or for that matter, more obvious way to complete the destruction of a once great republic than what's been unfolding before our eyes, but has now gone to warp speed, than a satanically clever attempt to distract all of those who have finally realized that, hey, you know, we should have done something a long time ago before it got anywhere close to this bad, that just maybe it's now too late, and so their only salvation lies in just maybe the deep state letting us re-elect a guy this time around, whom they wouldn't let us re-elect before, because he knew and we knew that the election was rigged before they actually then got away with it right before our very eyes. But this time, maybe, if we just keep doing the same thing over and over again, we really will get a different result. Yeah, we've had it rubbed in our faces and his one more time that these so-called justice systems, every bit as rigged as we actually already knew it was, so you'd better get registered and go out and vote, because yeah, your life depends on it. Trouble is, your life already depended upon it, and what you voted for didn't matter, but you were too blind to see it. But now that it's obviously way too late, it matters more than ever. So now what? Are you cynical enough yet? Or do you want to go out and buy a bag of popcorn and watch the circus, and let the bought and paid for whoring oystream media go ahead and keep telling you what they've been telling you? Well, they distract you from the fact that the house has already burned down. And while you weren't paying any attention, you were trapped inside. But don't worry. You've got to pay real close attention to this trial of the century. Do the charges matter? Hell no! They're all made up anyway. They weren't even real crimes to begin with. And besides, the statute of limitations has expired. But the details matter. Because this is how we're not only going to rub your noses in it, we're going to keep you distracted from the fact that while all this has been going on, the U.S. economy has been destroyed. Just like the whole concept of the rule of law, duh, they've been pushing for not only World War III, but Civil War 2.0 as well, both of which are pretty well underway. While, and here's the real irony, folks, those who claim they still believe in the God of the Bible have turned their backs on him and everything he wrote in that book and instead are looking for a savior in exactly the wrong place. The real Messiah never was supposed to come from the swamp, and no, he's not going to come from New York City either. But here's the trouble, folks, and by the way, I've suggested for quite a while that scripture and prophecy make this ever so clear besides, as if history wasn't enough. People aren't about to turn from paganism and back to yod vav the actual name of the God of the Bible and his word, until the you-know-what hits the fan. Well, wait a minute, it already has. And they're still blind to it. What does that tell you? Well, exactly what he already did, too. 
It's going to be so much worse than they can even imagine, worse than it's ever been before, worse than they can even believe until they see it firsthand. Why, I guess you could even say men's hearts will fail them for how nasty it's going to get. Meanwhile, you can bet they'll still be watching TV and looking ahead to an election that, yeah, they already know, is going to be rigged just like the last ones, plural, already have been. But hey, if you don't vote, you've got no right to complain. As a matter of fact, you won't have a right to do anything, much less complain or even speak. But hasn't that been pretty clear for a while, too? The insanity isn't confined to the far, far, even satanic left who wants to kill your kids after they molest them, sterilize them, and cut off their genitalia, of course. Take your guns and then the rest of your stuff and then starve you and poison you, while the terminally stupid will still think they can fix it in the next rigged election. And here, folks, I'll paraphrase a bit of the message of Scripture. You're looking for all the wrong gods in all the wrong places, and it's not going to work out so well. And here, folks, what I'm going to do is paraphrase a bit from Scripture. This actually comes from the book of Judges, chapter 10, but let's put it in a modern context and talk about American history, replacing the names of tribes and peoples like the Egyptians and the Amorites and the Philistines with, let's just say, more, at least historically recent choices. And Yahuwah, that's his real name, they take it out of the King James Bible. And Yahuwah said unto the children of Israel, and now America, didn't I deliver you from the hand of King George III, the British Empire, the greatest military power on earth at the time, and even from the Barbary pirates, and later, of course, from the Germans and Hitler, and the communist Soviet Empire? When those folks tried to oppress you and you cried out to me, I delivered you out of their hand. Yet, and here we go, I'm going to quote this a bit more precisely, yet you have forsaken me and gone and served other gods. And you know what? I'm not going to deliver you anymore. So go on, cry unto the gods which you've chosen. Let them deliver you in the time of your tribulation. And you know what, folks? I can't help but think that's not only a pretty reasonable understanding, but arguably overdue. But I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that this is a theme that shows up over and over again in Scripture. Certainly in prophecies from the real Messiah, places like Matthew 24. But this one from Jeremiah chapter 2 hits really close to home. And again, I'll paraphrase a bit. Remember, Mark Twain said history, and this applies to prophecy too, doesn't necessarily repeat exactly, but it rhymes. Just as the thief is ashamed, he said in verse 26, when he's found out, so is the house of, well, let's just say, post-constitutional America ashamed. They're kings, they're princes, they're fake kings and fake princes. They're fake presidents, unelected judges, and false prophets. You get the picture. Saying to transgenders, you're my father. Well, I don't really have a father. I just have parent number one and parent number two. You have brought me forth. They turn their backs on me, he says, and not their face. But now, in the time of their trouble, they'll say, arise and save us. But where, he asks, are the gods that you've made yourselves? Well, let them arise. See if they can save you in the time of your trouble. Because you seem to have more fake gods than you do blue cesspool cities. Oh, America with a K. Why are you going to try to plead with me? You have all transgressed against me, says yod vav And in vain, get this, folks, in vain have I smitten your children. They didn't receive any correction. Your own sword you've used to devour your own prophets like a destroying lion. Yeah, basically you seem to have weaponized everything from education and medicine to the Just Us Department. Oh, you wicked generation. See, hear, and even read the word of yod vav And from here, and I encourage folks to pick this up and read it, because everything about it fits like a glove. And ask yourself, what does the modern iteration of what he's talking about here look like? 
You've turned love into something else. You have forgotten me days without number. You've even taught the wicked ones your ways. In your skirts is found the blood of the various souls of poor innocence. I haven't found it by secret search, but basically I just watched TV and saw what CNN, MSNBC, the New York Times, and the WAPO were pushing. Hell, it's not just the Nazi fascist lovers. It's even the country music awards that have gone completely woke and outright pagan. And yet, you have the gall to say, because I'm innocent, surely his anger will turn from me. Behold, O God of the Bible, I plead with you, because you say, I have not sinned. Oh, really? Yeah, let me read this part again. I've been loving all kinds of strangers. I'm going to go back after them. The heck with the God of the Bible. Where are your gods that you've made, he asks. See if they can save you in the time of your trouble. Hell, maybe they'll even let you have a fantasy election. You pretend to vote, and that it matters, they'll pretend to count. And see if that'll save you. And we'll go there next, at least briefly. But first, I couldn't help but remember this, and it actually happens more than once in Scripture. The creator of the universe tells the prophet Jeremiah not even to pray for this people nor lift up a cry for them. In chapter 11, quote, For I will not hear them in the time that they cry unto me for their trouble. And yeah, that's kind of at the heart of what I want to explore today, and uh, the cautions that I think we need to take from here going forward. But we do need to deal next with some of the, uh, let's call them institutions. False gods just sound so harsh. That so many people now seem to trust a lot more than they ever did those things that were once held to be self-evident truths. I want to suggest up front there's a problem here. Let's see if we can't kind of wrap our heads around it. Unlike the Waystream folks, as you've probably figured out, I don't intend to spend an inordinate amount of time on the circus prosecution of the man actually elected president. That, of course, is his real crime here. And you can rest assured that unless they manage to kill the guy first, they're going to drag this one out and make it front and center all the way through the next election, which has already been revealed for the farce that they intend to make it. But no doubt about it, there are a number of things here we can't afford to ignore. Like this first one, which might be funny if it wasn't so tragic and certainly indicative of the continued destruction of the once-free United States. And it's also interesting that it comes from the Daily Mail. Manhattan District Attorney, the scumbag himself, evidently is known in the hoods as Fat Alvin Bragg, and his gang have arrested former President Donald Trump, it notes, while some, indeed many, of New York City's worst criminals, you know, the real ones, the kind that beat, rob, kill, and rape people, still roam the streets. New Yorkers, it says, who survived the city during the pandemic, they didn't spell that right, remember the long months when Bragg's office became a revolving door for career criminals who hit the streets in broad daylight and left many residents fearing to tread the subways. But while Bragg's office was preparing to indict Trump, bogus as all get out it may have been, he let repeat violent offenders continue to wreak havoc. In August, Mayor Eric Adams, a scumbag himself, made the embarrassing revelation that a group of the same 10 criminals who keep getting released made up nearly 500 total crimes, while 60% of them were still roaming the streets. And how bad was it? Well, it wasn't just Adams who criticized the Soros scumbag. Even reprobate Governor Kathy Hochul had to come out and criticize this guy. The Daily Mail then proceeds to go through the real rap sheets and actual mugshots of ten genuine felons who Soros' hand-picked criminal can't see fit to prosecute while he's trying to play politics and destroy the rule of law, as if it wasn't already pretty well dead stick a fork in it in New York City. Everybody on this list basically has either dozens or hundreds of prior arrests and convictions for all kinds of violent crimes that amount to a lot more than just uh, paying a little bit of money to a hooker to keep her quiet. The truth is, I suspect these kind of guys would have just shut her up a little bit more permanently. 
The whole list, as the Daily Mail notes, is kind of horrifying. But Jamel Pringle, for example, one of the most prolific criminals in the Big Apple, has 167 arrests on his record. And this guy is such a thug that police have previously joked, due to the controversial laws that offered only bail for serious offenses, that Pringle had amassed frequent flyer miles. A New York judge said in February 2022 it would take me all day just to go through this rap sheet. Another one with nearly 90 arrests was let go last week on a $1 bail, while a career criminal named William Rowland has 30 years of crime under his belt when he decided to steal a couple thousand dollars worth of medication from a guy named Dwayne Reed in January 2022. He was charged with first-degree robbery and criminal possession of weapons, but had the robbery charge dropped to two counts of petty larceny, a misdemeanor. Because it seems Alvin Bragg wants to send a message. In the Big Apple, crime really does pay. But Molak help you if you were actually elected to an office that Big Brother and his minions don't want you to have. And it's the contrast here between real crimes folks and real prosecutors and what the Banana Republic is now trying to do to honest people that really ought to grab our attention. Because guess what? Unlike Alvin and the Chipmunks Circus, their crimes are so fresh that many of them haven't even passed the statute of limitations yet. From there, I want to go to just a couple of comments and some interesting analysis from former federal judge Andrew Napolitano, who appeared with Alex Jones the other day and made a couple of really salient points. Starting with the question that everybody's asking in one form or another, like how could these idiots be so stupid and do something which arguably would make Trump even more popular among those who already elected him president twice? But Alex actually put it a bit less bluntly. Why would the establishment, with all the stuff the Bidens have done and all the other things the Clintons have done, go after Trump on things like this, knowing it would embolden him? The establishment wants Trump to be the Republican nominee. Joe Biden wants Trump to be the Republican nominee. Many Republicans fear Trump being the Republican nominee, not because they don't want him as president. They do. But because they believe that if Trump is the nominee... Joe will not have to defend his utterly indefensible, deplorable record uh, as president of the United States, because the issue won't be Joe's presidency. It'll be Trump's character, personality and alleged crimes. And that, folks, really nails it. If you can't afford to let anybody focus on what you've actually done and how you so transparently destroyed the United States of America, then what? Oh, yeah. Let's do something so obscene that it'll overshadow all the other obscene stuff we've been getting away with. So it sounds like they both agreed. This indictment is basically nothing but a smokescreen. And I guess I agree, too, because that part is obvious. Because they just like Hillary wanted Trump, she thought she could beat him. But 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 she pushed him to push him up front because she thought she could beat him. Now they're doing the same mistake again. The establishment believes that by ganging up on him this way, it will generate support for him. He will knock off Christie, DeSantis, Hutchison, Haley, whatever else uh, runs. And here I'll pause for a second. Napolitano won't say it. I will. The election is obviously intended to be rigged. And if everything prior to the election is all about Trump, then anything can be done. They'll claim again you can't prove it. Then it doesn't matter if 150 million people vote for Trump because they can just plain do it again. And they got away with it before. Why won't they get away with it now? Nothing has changed. But this is where Napolitano is fixing to say something that I think will uh, surprise a few folks. Not those of us that have been watching for so long and think, good grief, you've got to be kidding me. But no, we can't possibly be surprised. Here goes. Uh, and he'll be the nominee and Joe can win. Then Joe will resign and whoever the Veep is will become president. 
Now, who do you think that Veep will be? Wait for it. Well, I mean, uh, who, who do you think? Mrs. Clinton. Mrs. Clinton. You heard it here first. This is part uh, of their scam. If you see her uh, being mentioned as his, as Joe's new uh, Veep, I don't know what they'll do with Kamala Harris, give her some federal judgeship or something, then you'll know that she and her husband are behind this scam. You heard it here. Well, I hope we actually heard even more than that. Before we get to the bottom of the hour, there's one more thing I want to get on the table. I want to talk for a few minutes next against one of the greatest abominations against the U.S. Constitution, if we still had one anyway, in its history. And I realize when I say that, the field is certainly pretty crowded. I can't even list the number of abominations against the Constitution in a short intro or even a half-hour segment. But this one, the so-called Restrict Act, because what it aims to restrict is the First Amendment in particular, but ultimately the rule of law in general, is breaking new ground in tyranny. Unveiled by the dynamic duo of evil Mark Warner from Virginia and Tom Thune of South Dakota, S-686. Huh, I guess the obvious number was already taken. Supposedly aims to cut off public access to the, get this, Chinese-owned TikTok socialist media platform. But it does a whole hell of a lot more than that. And the irony here is that, if you think about it, Communist China seems to own almost all of the socialist media platforms through various proxies, including the White House, tons of three-letter agencies, and obviously now we can see it, the Senate itself. However, if passed, this abomination, masquerading as legislation, would allow Big Brother to interfere with all online services and products. And I note that the piece by Ethan Huff here says, if they so choose. And I have to ask, well, why wouldn't they? Because what's the point of this bill otherwise? Don't kid yourself. But free speech, he continues, especially online, is gone if S-686 passes, because if Big Brother deems that any online activity helps what they define as a foreign adversary, then they would be allowed to unilaterally ban it and fine it and destroy it and hurt anybody who even thinks about participating in it. Now, at this point, your host is going to pause and note that the term foreign adversary is interesting here, because if you think about it, in the Declaration of Independence, Jefferson used that term to refer to a tyranny that is, quote, foreign to our Constitution and laws. And guess what, folks? What now passes for the American government is, in fact, foreign to our Constitution and laws, which makes anyone who adheres to those things foreign to them. Do you see the catch-22 here? And pay attention to that concept as we continue. The bill, sponsored by Mark Warner, Virginia, allows the FedGov to unilaterally designate any nation a, quote, foreign adversary to ban online services and products even indirectly controlled by an entity in their jurisdiction, which basically is anything they say, and then penalize Americans who conduct virtually any sort of transactions with them. And anyone found to be in violation of the provisions of the Restrict Act would face harsh punishments. For example, using a VPN or virtual private network to access anything they don't want you to, including but not limited to TikTok in a roundabout way, would carry with it heavy fines and jail time. From penalties up to a quarter million, from financial penalties up to a quarter million bucks and jail time of 20 years. And that's more than you get for 30 years of cumulative felonies and violence in Manhattan, folks. Former Texas Congressman and presidential candidate Ron Paul puts it this way. Supporters of expanding the federal police have found yet another new boogeyman to scare people into surrendering what's left of their liberty. TikTok, a social media platform that allows users to upload their own videos. It's used by tens of millions of Americans, one of the most popular websites in the world. But that and the fact that it's owned by a Beijing-based company, ByteDance, <laughs> kind of like the White House, but they don't seem to be all that upset about that 
has led to the spread of the claim that the site is controlled by the CCP. Isn't it funny, folks? They don't care if the CCP controls Congress, the three-letter agencies, and anybody that's dancing to the swap tune in Washington, but they really do care if you might upload a video with them. The Restrict Act, though, makes no mention of TikTok or ByteDance, says Dr. Paul. As a matter of fact, the Chinese government's only mentioned once in the bill. TikTok isn't mentioned by name at all. But what the bill does do is give Big Brother the power to, quote, identify, deter, disrupt, prevent, prohibit, investigate, and otherwise mitigate any risk. And I notice the use of the word any in here, which is kind of broad if you think about it. Any risk arising from any covered transaction by any person or with respect to any property. Unquote. And how's that for pretty much an unlimited grant of power that the Secretary of Commerce determines poses an undue or unacceptable risk in a laundry list of areas, including anything that might, quote, undermine democratic processes. What, you mean like rigging elections? No, that doesn't count. But hey, don't you dare talk about it. Or coercive or criminal activities by a foreign adversary, as opposed to the domestic adversaries that are gang raping the Constitution, obviously. Or, get this, to the detriment of the national security of the United States. And ponder this, killing its military with the poison poke doesn't count. So the U.S. could, for example, shut down an American socialist media company based on the Secretary of Commerce's having determined that a website, while not actually doing anything to weaken America, poses an unacceptable risk that sometime in the future it might. Obviously, the TikTok controversy has, and it seems to have been intended, to take attention away from the disturbing Twitter files, <laughs> because Big Brother at least did run them, remember? And any and all of those releases of information and communication between Twitter employees and various Big Brother governmental agencies. The communication shows just how much government influenced big tech companies and their decisions regarding suppressing stories and deplatforming users and basically rigging the news, folks. If the Restrict Act becomes what now passes for law, any site that refuses to cooperate with the new totalitarian efforts of Big Brother to suppress certain stories and individuals on social media could find itself accused of working to advance the, quote, strategic objectives of a foreign adversary. Donald Trump Jr. tweeted this about it. The Uniparty wants more power to control what we do and see, he said, concerning that bird of prey legislation. And now we're going to give the Biden goons the ability to throw us in jail for 20 years if they decide we're in violation of this craziness? No thanks. Greg Price, communications director for the State Freedom Caucus Network, commented on the so-called legislation, calling it absolutely terrifying and adding that it would give the government the ability to go after anyone they deem as a national security risk. <laughs> and guess who's not? At which point they can access everything from their computer to video games to home appliances. And in the bill, notes the story, the dictator-in-chief is given the power to, and I'm quoting now, enforce any mitigation measure to address any risk regarding a current part or even potential future, and that's called pre-crime, folks, transaction. And if all of that wasn't obscene enough, it goes on to talk about how they want to control any risk arising from any covered transaction by any person or with respect to any property subject to the jurisdiction of the United States, including, but of course not limited to, listen to this carefully and think about the whopper here, interfering in or altering the result of or reported result of a federal election, unquote. And if you can't see the threat there, go back to sleep. 
And says Dr. Paul, those who doubt any of this should consider just how people who questioned U.S. foreign policy have been smeared as Russia, Russia, Russia agents or sympathizers. The Restrict Act's potential victims are sites like Rumble which is a censorship-free alternative to YouTube. There are others, and all of them are at grave risk. Your host, folks, can't help but suggest that would include Hebrew Nation Radio and any alternative site that's trying to report the truth and not drinking the official Kool-Aid, as if that wasn't obvious at this point. And the point here, like the Patriot Act, says Dr. Paul, the Restrict Act plays on people's worst fears to silence them while Congress takes away yet more of their liberty. So let's recap now where we are as we head to the break. We've seen an election rigged, a communist coup consolidated, and the whole concept of due process and the rule of law basically gang-raped. And I'm being a little bit kind there, but you get the idea. You look at what's going on of late, and I don't think anybody can reasonably, rationally argue with that. And the next step is the outright ministry of truth. Any dissension will be silenced ut punished. And we haven't even talked yet about the kind of tyranny represented by AI, and with it, the mark of the beast which is where we'll pick things up after the bottom of the hour break. Welcome back now to the second segment of the show for this evening. And no doubt about it, this is a bit different show this week because I realize that ultimately there are going to be several different kinds of people that will listen to it. And a lot of them, honestly, are probably not on board with Scripture. So uh, what I want to do, in other words, is uh, is pause, take a step back just a second here, and ask where are we and why am I doing something like this at such a time as this? Why right now? Um, if there was a title for this show, I'd put it this way. Do we still have a prayer or do we have a prayer or do various individuals, do they have a prayer? Certainly it's clear there are a lot of people that could care less. They uh, they wouldn't have a prayer. They don't think that prayer matters. And um, ultimately where I'm headed is to suggest there's not much we can do about that. Matter of fact, in the Bible, uh, there's a point at which Yeshua says, well, just wipe the dust off your sandals as a witness against them and move on. So let me kick off this segment this way. I know that a lot of people in this post-constitutional, certainly post-biblical America with a K, could care less about what the Bible says. So um, I am... Uh, I was reluctant to uh, to go super heavy in a show like this on things that the Bible says just because the people that probably need to hear it the most are going to uh, turn off, tune out. They're not going to listen. And uh, that goes especially for uh, some of the things associated with uh, the times and the seasons, the place where we're at now, this time of Passover or Pesach. And certainly, uh, even those in uh, mainstream Christianity have to recognize that um, the reason why Yeshua came and did what he did at such a time as this was because it fulfilled everything, literally everything associated with the Passover. Now, the problem is, a lot of them don't see it because they get the days wrong. They, uh, he, You know, Friday to Sunday, I remember when I was eight years old thinking, hey, no way, that's three days and three nights. What kind of God can't even count? And I'm sure there are a lot of people that are equally skeptical, and for good reason. 
But once you uh, study and show yourself approved, you can you can prove pretty easily. Well, it was a Wednesday evening when he was put in the tomb. He was he was crucified on a Wednesday. That means he was in there Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, and again all day. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, the Sabbath day, and out of the tomb, what, 72 hours before it began to dawn, which would have been at dusk on Saturday night. But again, so what, right? You can hear a lot of people saying, well, that doesn't matter. We have Easter Sunday coming up. And uh, I tend to ask, if, if you don't think it's offensive to the creator of the universe to take what you admit is the most important act and thing, event in human history, and then rename it after a pagan fertility goddess and celebrate it with um, eggs dyed in the blood of children. Oh, we don't do it that way, but that's where the wonderful, cute little tradition comes from. All kinds of things associated with the fertility goddess. Well, here's the problem, folks, and probably some of you are already thinking this. Wait a minute. If you try to tell people that Easter isn't a wonderful thing and God doesn't love stuff like that, even though it's pagan to the core, well, you're going to lose them. So then what? Well, likewise, the same is true with Scripture in general. There's a lot of people that will say, oh, well, I go to church on Sunday, Sun God Day, but I don't believe any of that stuff anyway. When push comes to shove, when it really matters, what counts is who we vote for, right? What counts is the almighty dollar? What counts is whether or not, oh, you know, I am kind of curious, why why don't I have any constitutional rights? Why can't I keep and bear arms anymore? Why do I have to ask permission? Uh, How is it that, um, you know, First Amendment, Second Amendment, none of that really applies? Well, all of these pieces fit together, but the truth is most people just aren't going to pay any attention. Again, most people aren't, uh, they're they're even clueless about why the Constitution is a dead letter. Uh, Far be it from them to even worry about why it is that the God of the Bible has warned on so many of these things, and all this stuff is coming to pass, and they don't get it. Uh, Some of them even think that their dollar is as good as gold. So uh, let me put it this way, a little bit bluntly. Uh, Those are the very people who will get on the trains and ride themselves off to, uh, whether it's Auschwitz or the FEMA camps, They'll get on the trains again because human nature ultimately hasn't changed. So my concern this week and the reason why I'm tackling a subject which uh, admittedly is going to bug a whole lot of people is because there are those who are hopeless. And honestly, we can't reach those. But on the other hand, there is um, at least one or two other categories of people that uh, we can talk to and that are probably uh, ultimately, hopefully, going to end up being allies in what's to come. People who believe, for example, that there is a God, but, right? You've heard this. Oh, I believe in God, but. Fill in the blank. So whatever the but is, uh, ultimately it doesn't really matter because there are more important things, which is kind of related to the second category here. I don't really care about what the God of the Bible wants. I don't care if he doesn't like the word Easter or if it's pagan. I don't care about any of that kind of jazz. I want my bunnies and my eggs, and I know, um, you know, he knows my heart. I've heard all of this before. Truth of the matter he do- is he does. It's desperately wicked. But, again, they don't care what Scripture says on that score either. So, ultimately, what we're talking about is that class of folks, and almost everybody listening, I'm sure, knows many of them, and we interface with them, we have to deal with them, their friends, loved ones, sometimes their uh, their wives or husbands, and it's like this. Well, I, I, I believe, yeah, a little bit, uh, but I don't really care, or uh, I don't certainly care enough. I don't care about it as much as fill in the blank, uh, my bank account. Uh, the coming election. Oh, yeah, it might be important what the God of the Bible says, but no, not nearly as important as the coming election. Well, I've already talked about that in the first segment. You mean it's been rigged the last couple of times? You saw what happened, and you really think, given what's going on now, that it's not going to be even more rigged next time? You can't see it? 
Well, if they can't see it, folks, I can't help them. You probably can't help them. Nothing's going to help them until they get on the train. How about, um, well, you know, what really matters is my kid is in soccer, and he's got to be in the public cesspools. Uh, they're they're going to they're teach him to play soccer. Isn't that wonderful? And, oh, yeah, I don't really care if they're telling him he needs to cut off his willy, take puberty-blocking drugs, and become a little girl. Uh, what? Again, there are so many things here, is my point, so many things that ought to be like a terminal wake-up call to folks, but they're not. And um, I think that frustrates a lot of us. And ultimately, this is where I go back to Scripture, but I will suggest as we talk to them, what we're going to have to do is find a way to warn them about what's coming. And uh, certainly many of us have been. I've been doing shows like this for uh, over two decades at this point. And ultimately, what's coming hasn't really changed. Scripture is right on so many of these elements, and we're seeing all of it come to pass. But it's funny, if it happens slowly enough, they can continue to ignore it until it's too late. So here we are. Now, certainly one of the things that I think is true over the last uh, few weeks or months is as the economy is literally being destroyed, as people see that, hey, this guy in the White House, not only was he not elected, he's senile, and everybody knows it. I mean, literally, everybody with half a brain knows that that codger is senile, and about half the time, the person you're seeing on the TV doesn't even have the right earlobes. That's not the right guy anyway. Well, or the wrong evil guy anyway. So how much of this big lie do we have to put up with? How, how can we get through? And again, what I'm going to suggest here is there are some things that we can talk about without directly going to Scripture. Because as you know, uh, that's a turnoff for a lot of people. And they're going to say, oh, I don't care about that. On the other hand, there is going to come a point, and guess what? Scripture pretty much tells us this, that um, they will shake their fist. There will be a, a whole bunch of hissing sounds going on. Lots and lots of things are coming to pass. Uh, literally, I could do hour and hour, hour after hour of shows and probably have on some of the Sabbath teachings about all the things that were prophesied that are now coming to pass. You, once you see it, you can't unsee it, is the way I like to put it. But that doesn't help those who are literally blind. And, um, well, I'm going to do this because it's kind of an introduction to what it is that I want to talk about as we, as we wrap things up. Again, you can't necessarily go to Scripture and quote it for a lot of these people because they'll turn off. On the other hand, it's helpful to at least know what it says so that when these things happen, just maybe you can find a way to point out that, you know, this is exactly what the Bible said was going to happen and you are falling right into the trap. How's that? Here's one. This is one of my favorites. So what I'm going to do is to suggest, um, even if it happens later, that there are several places in the Bible where we need to be able to turn and say, look, can you see this happening? Isaiah chapter 66 is one. And it says this, um, just as they have chosen their own ways, this is Isaiah 66 uh, into verse 3, just as they've chosen their own ways and their soul delights in their abominations. Okay, pause there for a second. Uh, what abominations? Uh, yeah, turning little boys into little girls and vice versa. Things that the Bible calls abomination being taught in grade schools and don't think bestiality isn't next because that's about the only thing they haven't gotten around to yet mandating that they're going to either teach or run. Uh, ram down your kids' throats, or they'll take your kids away from you. Yeah, just as they have chosen their own ways and their soul delights in their abominations, so 
Oh, listen to this. So will I choose their delusions and bring their fears upon them. Booga, booga, booga. Pick it. Pick a, uh, the next Fauci flu. Will it be Ebola pox? Monkey pox? Oh, that one didn't work. Um, how about um, Marburg pox or Marburg something? You know, so many choices, so many ways that they can bring people's fears upon them. Because when I called, they didn't answer. When I spoke, they didn't hear. But instead, get this, they did evil before my eyes, and they chose that in which I do not delight. Turn on the TV. You'll see what he's talking about. Okay, so that's just one example. There are others. And one of the things that I want to try to to make sure we at least are aware of is some of the things that when we see them, we can talk to people about and um, just maybe there'll come a time when we can get them to uh, crack the book open and read certain things and maybe even find things that are in there that are shocking. I know one of the things that I um, became amazed at many years ago, I mentioned the uh, three days and three nights. That's what Yeshua said, how long he was going to be in the tomb. By the way, the name Jesus doesn't appear in the Bible, didn't appear for 16 centuries even after he walked the earth. So uh, there's one of them. But the other one is this three days and three nights thing. There's no way you can get Friday to Sunday um, to be three days and three nights. But it turns out there are other things, lots of things in the book that, um, well, they're, they're not what we've been told. And it's always fun to point those out. So I would encourage you, be aware of some of those as well and uh, be able to turn to them. One of them, and this one is particularly apropos now, is the book of Ezekiel, chapters 8 and 9. Now, this is the one I like to paraphrase because, again, people read the King James Version and it sounds kind of uh, Old Testament-y, old-timey. Uh, the truth is, what the prophet is told is real simple. Hey, go into the temple, take a look around. I'm going to show you some really, really abominable stuff, nasty, pagan, evil stuff. And guess what? You read through it, everything he is talking about, from the uh, 40 days of weeping for Tammuz, which is basically Lent, to so many other things, they're all associated with Easter, folks. Ishtar, the sunrise service, and you name it. And once people see that, it's kind of like a slap to the face. Huh? But what happens next is really amazing. Because here's the end of the story. There's an angel with an inkhorn who shows up, and um, a bunch of other folks that have destroying weapons. And they're told, okay, here's what we're going to do. A lot of folks are upset. They're seeing all this pagan crap, and they're really, really upset. They're sighing and crying at the abominations that are being done. So what I want you to do, I want you to mark those guys, all those people. Mark them with my mark, says the creator of the universe, Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh. And uh, then I want you to take these uh, this crew of people with destroying weapons, or angels with destroying weapons, go through the city, ready, and literally kill every man, woman, and child. Every single one of them who does not have my mark. Now I ask you, oh, that was a long time ago, right? That that couldn't possibly happen again. Uh, Oh, really? Well, let's just put that on the table and say there comes a point at which he's had enough. And uh, I look around today. You've heard uh, the uh, the famous Billy Graham quote from uh, years ago. If the Lord God in heaven doesn't judge the United States of America, he'll owe an apology to Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, there's one more here that I think is interesting and um, certainly worth having on tap and thinking about. Uh, This one is a little bit more obscure. People don't generally pay any attention to it, but they ought to because it describes exactly what you're seeing today in just about every way. The whole of chapter 3 in Isaiah is kind of interesting. But um, let me read this. For behold, the Lord, 
Yahuwah Zevuot, that's the, uh, the original Hebrew there. It's not the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, as, as a lot of regular folks know. Uh, they changed his name, took it out, put capital L-O-R-D in there instead. He takes all of this stuff away. Okay, the mighty man, the man of war, the judge, the prophet, uh, the captain of 50, the honorable man, um, the expert enchanter. Lots of folks, huh? Expert enchanter. And, and he says this. See if this doesn't sound a little familiar. Think Greta Thunberg or various um, idiots that want to ban guns like, uh, um, well, pick a, pick a most recent gun-free killing zone um, false flag. Quote, I will give children to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them. Uh, do you think? The people will be oppressed, every one by another, and every one by his neighbor. I'll rat you out. You have said bad things. You aren't politically correct. You're a homophobe, a uh, racist, a bigot, a uh, right-wing extremist. I'll send the, the SWAT team on you, right? Haven't we been seeing this? It's been going on for literally years, but now it's reached kind of a, a biblical-level climax. The people will be oppressed, every one by another, every one by his neighbor. The child will be insolent toward the elder. Well, that's what they're taught in the cesspools. And the base toward the honorable. So, yeah, you'll have scumbags like Alvin Bragg saying, hey, we can't find anything to prosecute you, but what we're going to do is let all these real criminals go, and we'll make something up if we have to. When a man takes hold of his brother in the house of his father saying, you have clothing, you be our ruler. Let those ruins be under your power. <laughs> Okay, you know, again, once you see it, folks, it's hard to unsee it. And then it goes on to say this, because their tongue and their doings are against the creator of the universe, yod heh vav to provoke the eyes of his glory, the look on their countenance, even witnesses against them. Now listen to this and ask yourself, what could he possibly be talking about? And they declare their sin as Sodom. They don't hide it. Woe to their soul, for they have brought evil upon themselves. Folks, if you've watched the Country Music Awards, the NFL playoffs or uh, Super Bowl, or just about anything on the cesspool TV networks, they declare their sin as Sodom. Hell, you got to have a sitcom with, with at least one uh, sodomizing character in it, or it won't get any, well, it won't get funded by the networks. They don't hide it, because they have brought evil upon themselves. So say to the righteous, those that are walking in obedience, it'll be, it'll be fine with them. They'll eat the fruit of their own doings. But to the wicked, whoa, it'll be ill with them. For the reward of his hands shall be given him. Now, here's the verse that I actually am reading this chapter to work up to. It's not like we didn't kind of get a hint of it just a bit ago, but, but think about this. And again, the point here, when people ask and are able to say, whoa, uh, has, has this all really, uh, has this been coming on for so long and, and the Creator has written about it? Turn here. Show them. Isaiah chapter 3. As for my people, he says, children are their oppressors and women rule over them. Well, at least they might have been women at one point. Uh, maybe they get transgender. You know, we have gone even beyond, in other words, the kinds of things that the language, when it was translated 400 years ago into English, is able to convey. But if it's twisted and sick, well, nowadays we can see it. As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. Oh, my people, listen to this, those who lead you cause you to err and destroy the way of your paths. Hell, they're destroying your entire economy. They've destroyed your children. They're destroying the future. They're destroying everything. 
and they're doing it over and over again. And now they're preparing to say, hey, anybody righteous, anybody that uh, doesn't um, you know, say how high when Big Brother says jump, we're going to do exactly what Orwell warned. We're going to get you to uh, the re-education camps. Winston loved Big Brother. So over and over again, this is, this is the thing that I, I hope uh, that people can take away from this particular program. Take a look at all of the things that have uh, been destroyed, the things that are going on. And uh, week after week, for literally years at this point, on various programs that I've done on this network and others, I've talked about, as have many, many others, the complete destruction of everything that would have once been called, yeah, here's the line from Superman, right, the original old TV show, Truth, Justice, and the American Way. The money. We haven't had honest money for at least 50 years now. We certainly haven't had um, constitutional money since at least 1913. They've been working on the destruction ever since that long. So money has been destroyed. Uh, election, votes, anything associated with election integrity, come on. Um, Stalin was right. It's not who, who uh, votes that counts. It's who counts the votes. The court system. Ask Alvin Bragg. Isn't the court a joke? Or worse, isn't it a tool of those who want to destroy everything? Women and children rule over them. Women, the children are their oppressors. Well, or fat, chunky, um, evil communists. How about all kinds of other things? Three-letter agencies that once people realized, well, they thought they had some integrity. Remember Ephraim Zibbalist Jr. and the show The FBI? Um, What's the FBI today, right? Three letters, Federal Bureau of Instigation. They are uh, implicated in everything. They arguably covered up the assassination of a president, but uh, since then they've really, they've really hit their stride. Pick three letters, the DOJ, IRS, ATF, CDC, FDA, various T- TLAs. Any integrity in any of them? Look at the ATF for just one example. They're very charter. They're, they're raison d'etre. The reason they exist is to violate the Second Amendment, to gang rape it. Shall not be infringed? Hell, they make up the rules as they go along. And if it's infringement, well, they'll do more of it. How about the education system? There's no educating going on. These kids are being dumbed down and turned into little abominations. Finally, there are some other things, too, that are happening that um, most people won't recognize it until it's way too late. A geoengineering is one, destroying the, the Earth's climate. But um, as, a, um, as a ham radio operator, I've noticed for a number of years that there's an element of all of this man-made global warming BS, right? You, uh, you've not seen any real warming in spite of the claims. What we're seeing instead is cooling. And trust me, folks, uh, I've got the data here going back several years where we are, has been some major cooling going on. And it's sun-related. And this is the part that you're not going to hear about on the various um, criminally negligent networks. The sun is, in fact, cooling off. It's part of a major cycle. Uh, the um, Maunder minimum, you can go back and look at a 100- and 200-year cycle and see that it's cooling off. But when people finally realize that, it's going to be too late for most of them. They've been, they've been duped into thinking global warming is coming, and when they end up freezing to death and not having any food as a result of shorter growing seasons, they're going to be in a world of hurt. So I mentioned all of this basically saying there are going to be a lot of people who are clueless, dug it on the trains. Not much you can do about them. Wipe the dust off your sandals, let it be a witness, and move on. But how about those who are eventually going to wake up? And eventually they're going to say, maybe some of them are saying it now. Wow, what's the point of an election? It's already rigged. Nothing has changed on the election front. How? 
I'll, I'll say it bluntly. How stupid do people have to be not to recognize that they pulled it off in 2016? Oops, no, they didn't quite because that one was a big enough landslide, probably 60, 40 or worse. And it was enough that they couldn't pull it off then. Well, they fixed that in 2018 with the midterms. And then they fixed it again in 2020. And they got rid of a guy who probably got more votes than any other president in U.S. history and stuck this senile imposter in there instead. They did it again in the midterms most recently. And and you really think they're not going to do it again? In other words, folks, the Messiah doesn't come from Washington. And um, he sure as hell isn't going to save us this time around. So the question is, who is? Are we going to be ready for it? And do people, those who are uh, at least paying a lip service, I believe in the Bible. I believe in the God of the Bible. Well, do you really? You ever actually read it? Have you ever actually paid attention to what it says now? And do you have a prayer? Because a lot of the promises in the Bible, this is one of the things I point out to those that do begin to believe, they're conditional. If you love me, keep my commandments, says Yeshua. The salvation part, well, that's a free gift. But if you love me, keep my commandments. Hey, do you want to walk here? He says that to those who overcome, various things are going to happen. He says you need to stand, and having done all to stand. In other words, if you, in fact, are saved, you said the prayer, oh, yeah, it's not in the book, but don't worry. question is, what are you going to do now? And that's the question for all of us. What are we going to do now? Are we going to actually recognize that certain things have been we've, been, we've been warned about them for years? And as people begin to ask the questions, this is what I encourage you with, leave you with. Be able to turn them to some of these places in the Bible and to say, see, look, women uh, rule over them. Uh, children are their oppressors. Isaiah chapter 3. Look at Ezekiel 8 and 9 when it comes to some of his appointed times. Look at Isaiah chapter 66 for a real good summary of exactly why so many people are just plain blind. Because they have been blinded. He has chosen their delusions. Well, don't let him choose our delusions. What we need to do is to choose obedience. Because whether you believe these are the end times or not, it's pretty clearly the end of what was once called the free United States of America. And from that realization, it's not too much of a leap to say, well, gee, what else is coming apart at the seams? What are we going to do about it? One of the things that I think is so interesting about these times, folks, is that one by one by one, the various fake gods, whether it's the elections, the almighty dollar, or medicine, or you name it, just like in ancient Egypt, are being held up and ridiculed by the real god. You think this is the god? Let me show you something. And I'm suggesting people will either eventually wake up or shake their fist at him and suffer the consequences. So what we need to do, those of us who love them, is be ready as they begin to ask questions to point them in the right direction. Because any way you slice it, one thing's for sure, time is drawing short. And eventually, people are going to realize, just like he showed them in the book of Exodus, Ani Yahuwah, I am the one true God, and beside me there is no other. And may Yahuwah bless you 